all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today, we're going to be talking about ways to boost your immunity and answering some questions that have come in via my Facebook page, my email, and texts from friends and family that have questions about the coronavirus and the COVID-19 outbreak. If you have questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you today. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464, or you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Josie. Thanks uh, for doing this. You're uh, safely uh, isolated in a remote location, again, using the technology of <laughs> Skype. So uh, we, yes. we, we've we thrust you into the 21st century here. You have, and technology is not my strong suit, so I am <laughs> doing my best. You know, I, we chatted a little bit over the weekend, and, and it's important that people take this. It's very serious, and there is a lot of anxiety in the air about, you know, I think because a lot of us, you know, don't know what's going to happen. But it is important, I think, too, to um, to maintain a, a sense of humor. And I had asked you this weekend, I said, well, I don't know that getting a haircut is really that necessary. <laughs> and you sent me a little meme about what we're all going to look like when we haven't had a haircut in a while. Yes, yes, I did send you that little picture. There's a lot of them floating around Facebook um, with some really bad bangs and you know different haircuts, and it you know kind of says this is what we're all going to look like, or you know no matter how bad it gets, don't cut your own bangs, those kinds of things. And you know I will kind of second that opinion that this is a hard time, it's a stressful time, um, and in no way. Are we making light of that particular situation? Um, nurses in general, we have a little bit of a dark sense of humor just because of the, the things that we, we see and do on a daily basis. So we tend to try and laugh when we can. And laughter is important. You know, while it is a hard time, we still want to be able to find, you know, pockets of goodness and things to enjoy while we're, we're dealing with some of this. And, you know, underlying that was an important point, and that was, you know, I asked, well, what, how do you know when something is essential or not, and, and what was the advice right. that you gave me? Well, I gave you um, some, I called it life-sustaining. If it is life-sustaining, then it is essential. So getting food, right, that is necessary for life. So being able to acquire the necessary food that you need is life-sustaining. Being able to get the medications that you may need is life-sustaining. Going, um, you know, accessing emergency health services if, if those are needed. 
that's life-sustaining. Um, communicating with your healthcare provider about whether you need to come in for something or whether it can be handled via telehealth or on the telephone or an email, those different types of things um, are important as well. But, you know, as much as we like to look pretty, a haircut is probably not life-sustaining uh, at the present time. All right. Uh, if you have a question for Dr. Josie this morning, you can give us a call. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Josie, you shared with me this morning something from the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. It's a, a chart about immunity boosters, and we know that you know our immunity, our immune system is what fights off uh, germs and viruses. So it's important that we try to keep it uh, as healthy as we can uh, during this uh, uncertain times. And there were a number of things that we could do. Uh, to try to keep our immune uh, system going good. And the, the first one is one that I, quite honestly, have been dealing with, uh, you know, and I think a lot of people have, and that is mind your stress. Uh, so yeah. first of all, why is that important, and, and what are some ways that we can try to keep our stress level down? Yeah, so absolutely important, and I'm so excited that ACLM, or the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, put out some guidance for us in how to start to help people boost their immunity um, or immune system. So these things don't necessarily cover you just for COVID-19. These are good practices to have in general. We've got to remember that it's you know still flu season and still cold season and all of those different ki kinds of things. And so we want to set ourselves up for success as much as possible. And there are things that we can do from a lifestyle perspective that help to support a healthy immune system. And so just like you mentioned, you know, kind of the, the top on this um, graphic is mind your stress, right? And that is something that is very, very difficult to do right now. I'm not going to lie. We're all a little stressed um, because we're, we're worried, right? It's an uncertain future um, as to what we're dealing with right now. And so that increases stress, but, modulating that as much as we can is very helpful for our immune system. When we are um, anxious or stressed or worried, it can actually increase cortisol, which is one of the stress hormones. It has a, a good purpose, right? It's one of the things that helps us respond to life-threatening events. But when we have it sustained over a period of time with, you know, um, more chronic anxiety or chronic stress or prolonged stress, then it can start to impact the immune system and you're not able to respond as effectively to an infection. Uh, we see that a lot, uh, especially in, you know, kind of college students around exam time. You know, it's already cold and flu season usually in, at exam time. And then they're stressed because they're taking all these tests. They're staying up late and studying and invariably they get sick with, you know, cold or the flu, something like that because of the stress levels. So trying to find ways to work on stress as much as we can is important. And one of the ways to do that is just kind of deconnect from the internet a little bit. So we're all, we all have a lot more free time on our hands than we did previously. Now, some of us are still, 
you know, working from home. Some of us are still commuting and going to work. Um, you know, healthcare doesn't stop. We've still got to go in and take care of folks. You're working today. So you're not just sitting around with your phone, but we do have more time to kind of surf the internet, hang out on Facebook or Instagram or all these different kinds of things. And we're kind of constantly bombarded with lots of information. And some of it's good information, some of it's bad information, but some of it is anxiety producing. And so, you know, setting kind of a time, like you're going to, you know, check things one hour in the morning and kind of see what the status of the world is. And then maybe put that phone down or step away from um, the computer for some time to kind of just de-plug from that. So you're not constantly reading stories about what's going on. Um, if you've got a favorite book, you know, that's my favorite way to, to de-stress is to get lost in a book, um, a television show or a movie. Now I chose poorly yesterday. Um, I was looking for a new, um, new something to binge. So I chose a, a show and it wound up being about a viral pandemic. And I was like, well, dang, that was the wrong, that was the wrong choice for decreasing my stress at that point in time. So I cut it off and picked something else. Um, going outside. Um, now this is not outside in groups and congregating and all those different kinds of things, but, you know, usually in the afternoon I'll go out, um, if I'm home and kind of sit on my back porch for a few minutes, close my eyes, take nice deep breaths in and out and really concentrate on just the breathing, right? I'm just concentrating on the feel of the air going in my lungs and coming back out and kind of tensing and relaxing different muscle groups um, to help with that stress. Um, seeing what else I can see in the backyard. You know, what colors am I seeing? Are there anything that I smell? Do I hear birds and bees and, you know, different things like that. So just trying to get out of your head and more into what's around you in nature can be helpful for working on stress as well. And, you know, I think it's important to, to keep up with the latest news. But as you sort of suggested, if you're watching the news and you get stressed, take a break. That news is going to yeah. be there for you at a later time. But if you feel yourself getting anxious, as you said, maybe that's a time to go out in the backyard and, and listen to the birds or smell the, the flowers in your backyard or something or do something to take your mind off that immediate thing that's causing you the stress and give your, your body a chance to reset. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're scrolling through your news feed and you're seeing the same information over and over again, then you're not learning anything from from that at that present time. So just put it down, walk away and go find some other activity um, to do. Whether I mean, you can even borrow some of your kids crayons and paper and just get to doodling um, and just take take a break. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. Today, we're talking about your questions that you have related to COVID-19, as well as ways to keep your immune system healthy to help you fight off any of those infections that are floating around this time of year. If you have a question or a comment for us, you can do that now. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring All right, Kevin. All right, uh, Josie, again, thanks for doing this. As we mentioned at the top of the show, Josie is uh, from a remote location. We're trying to practice and model safe uh, social distancing. Uh, We encourage everybody to do that as well. Again, if uh, we talked about getting out, if you're stressing out, but do so. uh, Give yourself plenty of space. Don't congregate. uh, Try to avoid large crowds. Um, You know, even if you're going shopping, I think, if you can kind of really have your shopping list in mind, uh, get in, get what you need, and get out. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's several kind of terms that have been floating around, and I think people are a little bit confused about what they did, what they mean. Um, you know, there's quarantine, there's social distancing, there's kind of the stay at home or shelter in place, uh, and then there's isolation. And they, they mean slightly different things. So, you know, I see folks posting on, on Facebook, you know, quarantine, day, whatever, and quarantine is is for people who have been exposed but are not sick. So, you know, maybe you're a healthcare worker and you came into contact with someone that is a known um, or suspected positive, right? That that's a quarantine. Or for folks who traveled over spring break, especially in places where they were having um, outbreaks on airplanes, things like that, we know you are likely exposed to, um, to positive individuals. So that, that's the quarantine, and that's the thing that lasts for kind of 14 days, right? Um, then there's isolation. That, that's for people who are suspected or confirmed to have COVID-19, right? And so we're trying to keep people um, away from other people so that they don't infect them, right? Uh, then there's the social distancing, which is, I'm sure, will be added to the dictionary uh, for the next round of whenever dictionaries come out, since it's the buzzword. But the purpose of social distancing is to reduce the number um, and closeness of interactions between people while still being able to do necessary activities. And so that harkens back to what we talked about in the very first segment about what is necessary, right? And so being able to get food is necessary. Being able to get your medications is necessary. Um, Just going shopping because you're bored is not necessarily necessary. Uh, And so when we're out and practicing social distancing, we're trying to minimize the close contact that you have between yourself and someone else. So that's that six foot rule that we've been talking about, trying to stay six feet away from someone. So, you know, when I had to go, um, my, my kids are in the Delta with my parents. And so I had to deliver them some groceries so that they did not have to get out. And when I went to the grocery store, I was very cognizant about how close I was to 
the next individual. And if I went to turn down an aisle and there were three or four people on that aisle, I said, you know what, I'll just, I'll come back to that aisle. And I chose a less populated aisle, stayed farther back in the line as well, so that I wasn't right up next to the person uh, that was checking out in front of me. So just being cognizant of that. And then there's the shelter at place or stay at home. And that's really more of an enforceable order. Um, You know, it's usually a mandated order that comes down from um, governors or, you know, public officials that are, you are staying home unless it is absolutely essential that you leave um, for activities or work. Um, So that's kind of the difference between those different things. All right, very good. Josie, we'll uh, jump back to these immunity boosters in just a minute, but we do have a couple of calls on the line, so we're going to start with uh, Renee in Utica. Hello, Renee. Uh, I've been wondering about bacteria. In the processes of killing the bad bacteria, do we kill the good one too? And what do good bacteria come from? Okay. All right. Are we talking about when we're wiping down with wipes and those kinds of things? Uh, just in general, you know, with the bacteria that we have in our bodies and stuff, where do they gotcha. come from? Okay. Excellent. All right. Now I'm with you. So we have, we've kind of simplified it in, in calling them good bacteria and bad bacteria, but there are bacteria that we know cause disease, right? So E. coli, right? Um, that is where it's not supposed to be. Everybody has E. coli in their poop. That's just part of of poop. But E. coli that contaminates a food supply, we're not supposed to ingest that, right? That will cause um, an infection. Things like um, salmonella, that's also another foodborne illness there. Strep, when we think about strep throat, those are all bacteria that cause disease and so we don't want to um we want to limit our exposure to those that's why good hand washing is important those types of things and then there are bacteria that we have within our body that are beneficial meaning they help to support a healthy immune system and keep our um body kind of balanced and so kind of the buzzword that's around most often is something called the gut microbiome and that is the the different varieties of bacteria that we have within our gut and um, depending on the types of diet that we eat we have slightly different bacteria and some of those help us boost our immune system and some of them make us not as healthy in terms of being able to fight off infections. And so we want to do things that support that healthy, good for us bacteria in there. And we're going to talk about some more of those um, in the show as well there. Now, that's also one of the reasons why when we get uh, an infection that we're given an antibiotic for, if it's a really broad spectrum antibiotic, means it works against lots of different bacteria. Sometimes, when we kill off the bad bacteria, we'll also kill off some of the, the helpful bacteria as well. And that's why some people will get some diarrhea associated with antibiotics or yeast infection and that kind of stuff. Because it just throws everything a little bit out of balance there. Okay. So All right, Renee. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So in the process, when you clean it, when you're just doing your basic house cleaning, we're not actually killing good bacteria when we do that. 
No. So the good bacteria are kind of, you know, in, inside of you for that particular functionality. When we're cleaning at home, we're trying to remove visible dirt and germs, viruses, bacteria, and things like that that may have been transferred from our shoes or from when we coughed or sneezed or from food that had, you know, like raw chicken, things like that. We're trying to get rid of those, those pathogens. Okay. Explain well. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for giving us a call today. Thanks, Renee. Good to hear from you. Uh, we've got another caller on the line, uh, and it is going to be Edward from Jackson. Give me half a second. We'll have him on the air. All righty. Edward? Go ahead, Edward. You're on the air with us. Thank you. Hey. Uh, yeah. Hey, Edward. What can we do for you? I don't sound like Dr. Doom, but uh, I'll be soon be 75 and have a kidney transplant and take mm-hmm. uh, immunosuppressant drugs. Right. I'm pretty mm-hmm. well resigned to having pneumonia twice. If I get this stuff, I'm probably going to die. I really, uh, this is medically, this is not, I'm not freaking out or anything I'm quite, but medically speaking, and uh, uh, there, there doesn't seem to be uh, much I could do because of uh, the reduction in my immune system. However, however right. what I do have, I don't have an ND, ND5 mask, but what I okay. do is have an old straight painter's mask that, mm. you know, really uh, uh, limits the particles from spray painting. Now, mm-hmm. how much smaller is the uh, virus than like a particle of spray paint? If I wore that and went to the store for five, went to the store for five minutes and come out and mm-hmm. stayed away from everybody, would I, be, would I be have a chance of being pretty safe? Well, what I would actually suggest is we just want to limit your getting out in general. So if there if there's someone that can shop for you, there if there's a neighbor that can shop for you and drop your stuff off, that's going to be the best option for you because what we see in folks who are not familiar with using masks is they wind up not taking it off correctly. And then they get, you know, stuff that was on the outside of the mask on their hands. And so for someone who's very immunosuppressed or immunocompromised like you are, if there's an option to have someone else get things for you, that's what we want to have happen for you. Um, Again, keeping, if you have to get out, that's six feet between folks. A lot of stores are also offering kind of a, set hours for people who may be higher risk so that they're not exposed to just the general public who is in and shopping and all of those different kinds of things there. One of the most important parts about um, the mask is actually how well it fits your face. So it's not necessary. Well, I mean, the filtering capability of it is very important. So I'm not going to say it's not important, but the seal that it makes around your face is important because if it, if it's not fitted correctly, um, then when you breathe out, the edges pop up. And so things can get in from the side that way. So healthcare providers, we're actually fitted with our N95 masks because they come in different sizes. So we go and we sit hooked up to a machine and we have to do different things. It looks really ridiculous while we're doing it. We have to you know, bend over and turn our heads side to side and smile and frown and 
all of these recite these poems, all of these different things to see if there are any air leaks that are going on in those masks um, for that particular size. Um, so take home there is really try and limit um, your exposure and getting out as much as you absolutely can and really, really, really washing your hands well um, if you have to get out and keeping that six foot distance between folks. Well, I bought, I bought some gloves, some server gloves and made my own uh, hand sanitizer out of that 90% uh, isopropyl mm -hmm. alcohol and uh, uh, aloe vera. Uh, mm -hmm. but when I, this mask I had, uh, when I painted with it, I'd get Vaseline and go all around the outside of it. And when I put it mm -hmm. to my face, it was made, it was designed to keep all the particles of paint and it has a one-way valve. So when I exhale, nothing's going to come back in. That's why I thought it'd, pro it'd probably be, except for not having the N95 capabilities, mm -hmm. just for like five, go over to the sack and save or something like that. And for five minutes, run around and stay away from everybody. I thought at least it did have some kind of protection. Just got to be careful when you're putting it on and off. Um, you know, in gloves, when we wear gloves, gloves are not a substitute for hand hygiene because gloves are really just protecting the skin of our hands. Once we touch things, then they're contaminated as well. And so we want to make sure that we don't touch our face with our gloves. I've seen that so much um, when I've been out with people all garbed up uh, and they're touching everything with their gloves and then they're getting their cell phone right out of their pocket and putting the cell phone up to their head and all these different kinds of things. So hand hygiene is, is the most important step, making sure that we really wash those hands well. Well, I've been spraying the mail down and letting it dry with the hand sanitizer. And like I say, mm -hmm. I take the gloves from the backwards and then, and what, you know, just, I, I really trying to, you know, after 12 years of, of this kidney, you know, I don't want to lose it yeah. all my life. So I'm trying to really Absolutely. be careful. And uh, I got my, my daughter told me, like, if I, she works at Walgreens and I told her, don't even come over here. I just don't tell her that she gets exposed. <laughs> and, uh, but she said, you know, if you need anything, my neighborhood, the only, I stocked up for about two months. I got two work, months worth of medicine and water okay. and freezer. I mean, I'm stocked up to the hilt over here. And like the only thing I really need is I, I get I drink that almond milk, you know, for cereal. Mm. So that's the only mm -hmm. thing I really need. And uh, I just want to make one more comment. I sure. had to cancel a, a visit at the VA, and mm -hmm. uh, my doctor just called me up this morning, and he was really nice and 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 was really concerned, and it just made me feel so good that he took the time enough to call up, and just at length we talked about ten to fifteen minutes just to kind of put me at ease, and he said he'd check up on me, and he gave me his nurse's thing and told me, he looked at my chart and said, uh, 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 I get my labs every month, I'm waiting to hear from them, and it really made me feel really, really, of all the things he said about the VA, I've always been treated with respect, and, and they've always taken care of me, and, like, I really feel uh, uh, at ease knowing I have somebody I can call and, and uh, you know, if nothing else, just have somebody to talk to that, you know, uh, Absolutely. That, that knows me, that uh, gives me some reassurance. It's, it's, it's worth a million dollars. You know, it's priceless uh, having somebody that you can depend on. Absolutely. And I'm glad that, that you have someone like that. And, you know, healthcare providers, we are we are trying. We are doing our best to make sure that you guys feel supported um, and that you can give us a call if you need anything. 
I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hey, this is Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, and we're answering your questions today that you may have related to coronavirus and COVID-19, as well as talking about ways to support a healthy immune system. If you have a question or a comment for us, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 all right, Kevin, we're going to continue that discussion about boosting your immunity. Exactly. We started out by talking about bonding your stress ways to try to ease your stress levels. Uh, maybe you need to take time out from uh, social media or the news that you're watching on TV, but just be mindful of your stress levels and try to keep them as low as possible. You know, the next one on the list uh, to me is the biggest no-brainer on the little chart, and that is no smoking. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, uh, you know, of course, everything that we're learning about – um, coronavirus is is new, you know. So the the science is rapidly evolving uh, about that, but we do know that it's attacking your lungs, right? And so we want our lungs to be as healthy as they can be. And when we're smoking or vaping, we are doing damage to the lungs. And so we want to be very cognizant of if we are currently doing that, exploring ways to cut back and stop on smoking on that. You know, things that are coming out of China, when we look at, um, you know, they had a lot of males that were um, becoming infected, and they also were kind of able to, I don't even want to say correlate, but associated a little bit what with the fact that a lot of uh, males smoke in China. And so that is increasing risk for any type of respiratory infection. So, COVID-19, as well as the flu, colds, bronchitis, those different types of things. So smoking cessation is crucially important. All right, uh, next on the list, and I think is, this is one that a, a lot of people might not realize how important it is. And again, we talked about these are great immunity boosters in this time of uncertainty with the virus, but they're really kind of helpful to us in our everyday lives. And I don't think people realize the importance of good quality sleep. Oh, gosh, absolutely. When I 
kind of draw my health pyramid for patients, sleep is what I put on, on the base down there because it's so important for overall health and wellness and for a healthy immune system. So just like I mentioned when we were talking about stress, I mentioned that hormone cortisol that is a, the, the stress hormone that can be helpful for um, acute stressors, but not helpful for us um, in a prolonged period. When we don't sleep well, actually that stress hormone stays elevated as well. And so it, again, lowers our immune system down there. What And I posted on my Facebook the other day, I was like, am I the only person who's exhausted but can't sleep? And, you know, part of that is because we're dealing with, you know, uncertainty and stress, and that's impacting our ability to sleep because we lay down and overthink things. Um, so I've kind of started journaling some of my worries out um, just to get them out of my head and really focusing on the things that I can control. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff I can't control, but I can control, um, you know, my individual choices and support my immune system as much as I can there. And so the sweet spot, so to speak, for sleep is about seven to nine hours of sleep. And you know, one thing that I would recommend is trying to get a routine. You know, for a lot of folks that are now working from home and schooling their children from home and, and doing these different types of things, um, it's taken them out of their normal routine, you know, where they would normally get home at 5.30 or 6 and fix dinner and bath time and homework and bedtime. We, we've kind of shaken that all up. So try and go ahead and, and reset yourself a schedule for whatever your new normal is now so that you still have consistent wake-up times and consistent bedtimes because uh, your, you know, your hormone system doesn't really know what's going on. It's just knowing that you normally wake up at this time and go to bed at this time. And so as much as we can maintain that routine, we want to do that. Um, other things are, you know, setting your environment up, your, your sleep environment up for success. So a cool room, um, a room that is dark without, um, a lot of noise, so no TV, cell phone, laptop, those types of things. The blue light that comes from those particular devices is notorious for disrupting sleep onset and maintenance due to suppression of melatonin. So we don't sleep well when we're constantly exposed to all those different light sources. Um, so cool, dark room, quiet um, nice deep breathing as we're trying to sleep, that kind of muscle relaxation that I talked about with, um, when dealing with stress helps for sleep induction as well. So I can't stress enough how important it is to try and get yourself on a routine that supports healthy sleep. You know, Josie, one of the tricks that I learned uh, when you, you, as we were talking about, sometimes your brain is going 90 miles a minute and you want your body to get some sleep. And one thing I've tried to do, uh, I can't remember who told me this, but it has worked for me. And that is think about something like I love to go to the beach. So what I try to do if I'm mm. stressed out is, you know, think about being at the beach, you know, the, the sun on your face, the, 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 the waves, you know, the, the whole environment. So you just try to sort of mentally take yourself to that place. And I find that that sometimes helps me to, uh, you know, slow down and, and, and help fall asleep as well. Absolutely. That's actually called guided imagery. So if folks are wanting to learn more about how to do that, you can literally Google guided imagery and it will talk to you about ways 
to do that. I call it finding your happy place and really focusing on being there in that moment. All right, next on the list, something that's frequently discussed on this show, and that is healthy eating. Yes, yes, yes. I know I sound like a broken record when uh, when I talk about healthy eating, but now it is more important than ever. Uh, you know, the foods that we eat play a role in our health. You know, we want to stay as healthy as we can so that we don't have to go into the doctor's offices unnecessarily right now. And so we talk about plants, you know, and that plant-based food is important. And it, it really is. Plant-based food is where you're going to get a ton of your vitamins and minerals, as well as your antioxidants, which are so important for a healthy immune system. So, you know, we've talked about eat the rainbow before. I've said that before and I, you know, I don't mean Skittles. I mean, eating fruits and vegetables that are um, a variety of, of colors is important because each one of those different colors is a, a different, has different vitamin, mineral, and antioxidant components to it. Um, when I went to the store the other day, the things that were missing from the shelf were the more packaged items, right? There were plenty of fruits and vegetables in the fresh section as well as in the frozen section. And so those are things that we need to be reaching for. Uh, you know, I love berries. Um, dark berries are something that I try to have on an almost daily basis. But berries go bad quickly. And so now is not really the time that I'm choosing a whole lot of fresh berries because they're not going to last me as long in my fridge and I'd have to go back out and get more. So I stocked up on frozen blueberries and frozen raspberries because I can throw a handful of those in my morning oatmeal and get a big old boost of vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants there. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Thanks for tuning back in. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, and we've been answering questions about boosting your immunity today or immune system today to support that healthy immune system and keep us well. Now's the last segment, so if you have a question or a comment, it's the perfect time to call us. Our number is 1877 MPB Ring. 
All right, uh, Josie, we do have a couple calls on the line, but I did kind of want to wrap up our list so maybe we could take these final two uh, together because they're somewhat related, and it's interesting that we can kind of parse the the differences here. But anyway, the two other items on our list of immunity boosters are activity and connectivity. And uh, we talked earlier about, you know, the, the social distancing does not mean you don't go outside and exercise. Right, right. Outside is not closed currently. Um, now, if people don't behave when they go out, uh, it might at some point. But right now, we're completely able to go outside, you know, individually and walk or jog or ride our bike or just sit. But, you know, getting out and getting some sunshine and some fresh air is important. And so, you know, traditional guidelines for kind of cardio activity or aerobic activity have been 30 minutes a day, five days out of the week. But we know that even 20 minutes a day can help to calm down inflammation and boost um, or support your immune system. So, you know, maybe a 10-minute walk in the morning and a 10-minute walk in the afternoon, something like that, just to get out and continue to move. You know, if you're looking for more resistance-type training, you know, absolutely go on over to MPB online. Org and go to the Southern Remedy uh, Healthy Living section and go to the fitness prescription. And we've got at-home exercises there for resistance and for stretching um, that include uh, making things from home. So if you don't have dumbbells or weights, you know, using um, water jugs or um, canned items, canned food items as, uh, you know, small weights, different things there just to keep you moving. It's so important. And then the connectivity piece is, you know, it, it seems a little bit more challenging because we're telling you to stay away from folks, but you know, just like you and I are nowhere near each other right now, we are able to connect and communicate. And so take advantage of technology. If you have it, um, zoom or, um, FaceTime are great ways. I've been FaceTiming with Uh, my kids as much as possible, even though the internet's a little sketchy um, where they are. Um, If you don't have capabilities to do that and you have a a regular old phone, just pick up the phone and call someone uh, and have a conversation with them. You know, maybe you normally have um, lunch with uh, a, a friend on Wednesday mornings or whatever. You know, continue that routine, just do it virtually. So you have lunch together via FaceTime or just on the phone together to make sure that we're still investing in relationships with each other and not feeling so isolated. And, you know, Dr. Bidwell I've, or Josie, I've got a friend that it's feeling a little bit more anxious than I am about the whole thing. And I've made a determination to just, you know, we chat on, on Facebook Messenger. And so it's just every day I mm-hmm. want to just get in touch with them. Even it's just like, hey, how you doing? You know, you chat for right. a little bit and that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm really trying to make an effort to reach out to the people I know using modern technology. It helps them, I think, but it also sure helps me as well to know that we're, we're not all alone and that, you know, kind of all of us are in this together and, and we're going to get through it together. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, got one final call this hour. And so let's say good morning to Anthony in Greenwood. Hey, Anthony. Hey, how you doing? I, I like that program, right. but I, I got one question I want to ask. I have a air purifier and uh-huh. I want to know what that help, what that help a little bit or any. Um, in terms of just your, your home. It, it, yeah, just in the home. It's just like two people's in the home, so 
you know. Yeah. So it depends on the type of, of air purifier, the kind of filter it's running, all those different kinds of things, because different purifiers work in different ways with different types of filtration systems on them. So most of the home air purifiers are probably going to pull out things like dust, pet dander, pollen, those kinds of things, which is certainly helpful this time of year because um, we're right in the middle of pollen season as well. And so I know that's um, increasing the stress for a lot of folks when they start to have you know, sneezing and, and coughing and those kinds of things and are wondering if it's allergy. So, you know, it, it's not going to hurt anything to run that air purifier, but I wouldn't fall back on that as um, an effective means, to, you know, if someone in your house was, was sick with this infection, just having that air purifier is not going to negate the need for some, some isolation and distancing. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate that. I've been wanting to get in and uh, like I said, I enjoy y'all's show, and I appreciate what y'all are doing. Well, we appreciate you listening to us. Stay safe, okay? Thanks, Anthony, for your call. This is uh, Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell. Josie, got a couple of minutes left so we can uh, tackle a couple of questions. And I, okay. I'll i take what I always call executive privilege because I have one first, and maybe that's being a little bit rude whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I heard about this uh, idea that this was uh, uh, an animal, a virus in animals, and that it's kind of hopped to humans. And that's part of the reason why it's so dangerous is that we don't have kind of natural immunities in our bodies to this. Well, how does a, a virus, a germ, jump from the animal world to the humans? Right. And so that's something that, you know, happens. This is not just a, a new thing. You know, different viruses over time have, have done that. Uh, we call it zoonosis. Or, and, and I think in our head we picture something literally jumping from an animal and hopping onto a human. That's not really exactly what's going on. It's, uh, you know, these viruses are in these animals um, as, as part of, part of them. And normally a different species, it would not be infective for them, but through mutations, because viruses um, uh, mutate when they are, are growing and dividing and, and proliferating. That's the word I was using, looking for. And so they may have a mutation that allows them to then move into a different species that usually takes um, exposure to that new species so that, you know, if, if you just came into contact with that animal one time, it probably wouldn't just jump to the different species, but through a little bit more sustained contact with the, with the species, then the virus is able to, to mutate and then infect a different species. All right. Uh, another question that you got from your Facebook page and remind folks of your Facebook page is? Healthy Habits with Josie. All right. Uh, so use that uh, if you're listening and you can't get in today via the phone. Uh, you could use Josie's Facebook page, and we'll try to answer questions from there as well. This one asks, once someone has had COVID-19, are they immune? That's a great question. And kind of how I mentioned earlier, everything is new to us. You know, the science is so new about um about how this virus works, how it infects people, and and the immunity that would be conferred from that, right? So, you know, normally we think about, you know, getting a particular infection, and then we're kind of good for a little while after that infection because we've got antibodies built up to that. But we don't know with COVID-19 how long 
the antibodies or the, the uh, protection lasts, right? Um, there also can be, a, you know, maybe a, a different strain if the virus has mutated at all. So, you know, we have different uh, seasonal flu strains, right? So you can get flu A and flu B all in the same season. So we just don't know at this point whether, um, you know, it's going to confer long-lasting immunity to um, the coronavirus uh, that we have circulating currently. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB Public Media.